you from the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns. From our mic to your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand, Mikey P, and Ian Cold Train Cold Iron. Are you ready for some football? We're ready for some football, baby. Yes, you are now in the yard. Welcome to the Yard Dogs podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. This is season three, episode 96. I'm your host, Jason Hand. The Yard Dogs podcast is now part of Network 216. Tonight and every Tuesday night, we are streaming live exclusively on Twitch. If you couldn't catch the live show, you can also find the Yard Dogs podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, media member, player, or former player, and would like to be a guest on the Yard Dogs podcast, hit us up on Twitter our DMs are always open. You can find us on Twitter at Yard Dogs Pod. And joining me tonight, my co-hosts, my partners in crime, the one and only Mikey P. You can find him on Twitter at Mikey P422 and Ian Cold Train Cold Iron. You can find him on Twitter at BrownsFan593. Gentlemen, it's Tuesday. How we doing tonight? I've been better. <laughs> I would have been. I'd say I'd be doing a lot better. I, I'm going to be honest. I have not fully gotten past that. I know people said they're on the Thursday. I have not gotten. No, I'm with you, Mike. Yeah, I haven't moved on either. I, I guess that I'm. I'm, I'm trying. Taking day by day. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> well, that's what talking about is for. We can we can get through this show, and although we're starting out. You know, not in such a good mood. Maybe by the end of the show, we'll be okay. So, I hope so. I, I do have some good news to start the show, and then we'll get into not so good news. But the good news is, I just heard Mikey P. I, I know you heard it too. Joe Thomas has been officially um, put on the ballot for the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that is so that's news. great news. It is great news. And I just want to make sure that all the writers out there, if he doesn't go first ballot, I'm going to personally show up to all your houses. Just, <laughs> just a warning now. He's got to be. Come on. Big Joe Thomas. He's got to be first ballot Hall of Fame. Ian Coltrane, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's got to be a uh, shoe in. There's just no way you can leave him out. This isn't like a 50 50 type of decision. This is Joe Thomas, and if anything, they should give him credit for you know basically being with the Browns, how bad they were, however many years he was with his career. Like at least give him credit for you know uh, giving his all every game, game in, game out, you know, for his whole career. Which for some of these guys who got Super Bowl rings and all that stuff. But uh, let me ask you real quick on Joe Thomas: Did they show you guys the guitar smashing on the TV? Remember, I was at the game, so I'm not sure. Did they show that? I did not see it on TV. Okay, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I will give this to Haslam. But I, would assume, I would assume it was the Haslam's idea. But um, basically, this new thing they're doing, whoever guest they have, obviously it was Joe Thomas this week, they're, they're taking a, um, a guitar of the team that we play, and there's, like, spikes that's, like, on this big uh, platform or, or – um, yeah, basically a platform above, you know, so people can see him. And basically, like he says, whatever he says, here we go, brownies, whatever. And then he takes the guitar and just smashes it on. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, basically it smashes the bits. And it's kind of like a, a fan-friendly type thing that they that they added. But it's it's pretty cool. They didn't show you guys the um, the the gate opening and all that either. The, the, the dogs get, oh, I guess that's just a, a season. We missed all that. Sorry, I apologize, guys. But there's a, a couple of things they added. Uh, that was really cool um, that we got two smoking dogs now on both sides of this fence. And it's like, beware of dogs. It's all like this rickety old brown fence. And then the smoke starts coming, the music hits, and they pour out of it. It's it, it's pretty 
pretty exciting, man. I think, Sorry to get off topic there, guys, but little, no, no, I mean something I, that you guys probably didn't know. It was I only saw it because I think you posted the I know you posted part of it where they had the entrance on your on your uh, yeah yeah you're correct on your you're Facebook correct. yeah so I saw yeah. that and then I saw somebody finally like I think I saw it yesterday I didn't even realize that. Joe Thomas did that. I thought that was really cool with the uh, yeah guitar. Thing. Yeah, a little, couple couple things they're adding to like I guess cause excitement, but it just stinks that it all was like you know this last Sunday. You know we didn't really get to, you know clearly the guitar smashing isn't that cool anymore, guys. You got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe Thomas, well deserved. Uh, honor, you know, he was honored at the Cleveland Browns game this Sunday. We left the door open for him and couldn't, you know, bring him a win. But uh, but what a fantastic weekend that Joe Thomas had in Cleveland, and uh, we're hoping to see him in Canton this year as he gets placed on the ballot for the 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame. We have some comments rolling in. Mitch, what's going on? I, you know, I see you here. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a couple other comments rolling in. Have to uh, do quick housekeeping. Of course, the Yard Dogs podcast and Network 216 are proud partners with Homage, the apparel company. If you haven't tried Homage yet, you're missing out. Look, we've all spent hard-earned money on sports apparel, and you want it to fit right and be comfortable wearing your new threads with homage, I guarantee you, you will love the feel and love the price. I bought a new hoodie last winter from homage and it was so comfortable. I wanted to wear it every single day, including when it was hot. So show your support for the team. Doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. As a bonus, you will get special discounts using our link to shop at homage support the show do it in style by shopping for all of your favorite favorite sports gear at homage the link is going to be in the comments we're going to post that link there or you can look up at yard dogs pod on twitter to find your homage link and save today shop homage and we're all we, we're all decked out in homage i check this out guys just got the nfl blitz nick chubb from Amas just came yesterday, so sporting this new shirt. Uh, Ian, what do you got on, bud? I got the offensive lineman, man. Petonio Teller. Got to support the uh, wrecking balls, wrecking crew of the Browns. The dudes that don't get that much love, man, but they're pounding away for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's right. That's right. And Mikey P, what 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 Amas shirt are you sporting tonight? I got the uh, 1987 AFC Central Champions t-shirt. Nice. AFC Central. Yes, I was eight. I was eight years old when we won the yes. eighty-seven uh, championship. AFC Central championship. The old Central when we were rivals with the Steelers and Bengals and the Houston Oilers at that time. <laughs> That's right, the Houston Oilers. There was only, wow, a lot of people forget there was only four teams in the AFC Central back in the day. Hmm. Well, guys, we we had interesting perspectives from this game Ian as you pointed out you were at the game but we as hosts of the Yard Dogs podcast watched the game in three separate ways live at the game Ian Coltrane in a Browns backers bar Mikey P and at home in the living room myself that's that's how I enjoyed most of the game so I can speak for myself you know watching in my living room I, I just sat there you know Basically, I sat there in disbelief. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing unraveled before my eyes on the television. And, man, when things transpired the way they did, I said things that I don't normally say in front of my kids. They are definitely in earshot. I, I know they heard me. I'm not proud of it. But uh, I was basically a maniac in my living room Sunday at right around 4 o'clock. Um, Mikey P, you were at a Browns backers bar, probably 70 to 80 Browns fans in there. What was, what, what were you doing? What was the reaction of, of the Browns backers bar? The crazy part is we had about 110 people after Chubb scored, we were probably down to 30, maybe 40. Like people were cashing out at the bar, paying their tabs and walking out. Good Um, mood in a good mood. Like we had a guy that left and was like, Hey, I'm going to, I, 
I needed to get out of here and get my son a haircut. I'm going to run out, man. We can't believe we're 2-0. I'll see you Thursday. And uh, as people were telling me that, I'm like, God, stop talking. Stop talking. Because I'm, I'm very like, you know, I'm like, come on, man. Don't ruin it. Don't jinx it. No jinxes. And um, it was just. And then things unfolded, and which we'll get into. And then it was like. I, you could just kind of feel it was going to happen. When yeah. One thing happened. It was like the snowball effect. We were like, okay, well, if this thing happens. This thing, you're like, all of these are going to happen, aren't they? This is this is just how it feels today. Ian, you were at First Energy Stadium. <laughs> what was you know, it like, man? What? What? I, I mean, I can only imagine what the energy of the stadium was like. But what? Well, how? How did it go down that last two minutes? You know. Um, for the first time in my life, um, I have a confession to make. First time in my life, as a Browns fan, okay, I get this idea to, uh, you know, I got to go back to Columbus, so I get this idea like, hey, honey, let's beat traffic. You know, we're up to touchdowns. You know, we, we look in good condition. And, of course, my wife, the smarter one of the two, was like, I don't know, Ian, it's the Browns. I'm like, nah. I said, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I said, let's get out of here. I'm literally, I, I even I even wait at the gate before I leave to see Kareem Hunt get that last first down. They're at the, about the 10. I think Chubb gets the next uh, series after that. But uh, we're walking out of the stadium. And, you know, next thing I know, my, my you know, my boys, he's on his phone. He's like, bro, we, we, we're, this game is still going. You know, because at this point in my mind, as a fan, you know, I understand, like, I hope no one blames me here. Any fan started heading for the door because you, I thought they were just going to sit on it. Like I thought, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't thinking any, any type of crazy player. And I, I assume they were going to sit on it, eat the clock, whatever they did. You know, once cream hunt got that first down, we were, we were good to go. It was a signed, sealed, delivered win. But um, like I said, long story short, uh, we're in the streets. Uh, people are watching their phones, including us. My wife's watching on the phone. She keeps like, you know, telling me what's going on the play by play. I, I don't even want to watch. I'm just, I'm in disbelief. My like, God, oh, there's no way we lose this game. There's absolutely no way. Um, and then pretty much I watched like the last, I finally watched with her the last, our last drive, which obviously is a bronze from like I was last week. Why wouldn't I think the same thing this week? I'm thinking, oh, we're good. We got, but what was it, 23 seconds? Something like that. I don't remember. Something about 30 seconds we had left on the clock. I figured, oh, we, there's something we can do. We got one timeout left. And uh, once he threw that pick, I, I knew it was over. But uh, it was a weird situation to watch because you had all the Jets fans that had left early. And now I'm watching as I go to my car all these Jets fans that were like basically down the dumps. It was almost like a complete 360. Now I'm watching these Jets fans like, looking at their phones like, we won. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, like in my dismay, and I'm just like, you know, it's one of those situations. I, I'm still dumbfounded. Obviously, as we open the show with, I'm still kind of getting all over it and moving on, just because it, it's just so. I mean, obviously, we all know too. We broke a record, um, you know, or Jets broke a record, obviously by by getting two touchdowns in that in ninety seconds. But it just, it's something that I never thought imaginable. Uh, I, I feel like I, I feel like I had suffered as a Browns fan for a long time, many, many years, but this one really, really hit home. Because I think like all of us, we just want to be 2-0. and We want to be in the driver's seat of the AFC North. And then, you know, once that just totally flipped on us, it's it's not a good feeling, man. So I understand where everyone's coming from. Yeah, it, it was it was a disappointing loss. We'll, we'll get into the the Browns and Jets. We do have a quick turnaround. You know, we, we have a Thursday night game coming against our rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's just in 48 hours from now. But let's get our rants out of the way. Let's let's Ian, you said right at the beginning of the show that that you're not feeling good. So one of the ways that you can feel good is just get it off your chest, man. Get it off your chest. Like whatever's bothering you, release it. So Coltrane, I'm going to start with you. Like, give me your rant. Like, what, what's bothering you right now as a Browns fan as we just come off this disappointing, almost impossible loss to the New York Jets? Well, my, my, my main reaction to it is, you know, I'll let you guys kind of talk about the players and, and, and specific plays maybe that might have bothered you. But for me, um, you know, this whole uh, – 
you know, like it's like it's like it's like the fan. I don't know. It's like the fans are blaming Stefanski, and I hear all this fire Stefanski, and I got news for the fans. You know, I and I, don't, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. Stefanski ain't going nowhere. Okay, Stefanski's gonna at least at least play off the year. Uh, my issue this last game was not Stefanski. It had nothing to do with Stefanski. In my opinion, Stefanski's offense was legit. It was rolling. It was running, baby. There wasn't a, a time when they were out in the field that I didn't think they could do what they could do. You know, so the, the problem with Stefanski is the people he hired that are underneath him. Um, I don't have an issue with Stefanski. And like I said, at the end of the day, if anyone gets fired, it's going to be the people underneath him. That's how this goes. If people don't understand the NFL, that's how it goes. The head honcho always stays. They might get rid of a coordinator or somebody like that in the middle of the season. But they're going to less. This is, this is a rookie of the year coach. Fire Stefanski. I'm just sometimes I think our, our, our fan base just gets so negative and they let it control themselves. But yes, I won't rag Stefanski on one thing. The hiring of Joe Woods and the hiring of uh, special teams, Mike Pfeffer. Okay. I don't, first of all, I don't care if it's Pfeiffer, Pfeffer, whatever you call it. I don't want to call it the right, the right name. But that guy, I've been wanting him to go for a couple of years now. Um, let me, uh, I actually did some research on this. I got some facts for you all. Special teams, uh, where are we at? Um, oh, it's down here. Special teams in 2020 was 29 of 32. 2021, 30 of 32. That's how the rankings were for sports, according to Sports Illustrated. That was, you know, where we were as far as special teams goes. Where I am a little bit, of, you know, just wondering about Stefanski was why he even brought him back um, that next year and why, why he did. Of course, we all know because, you know, he won that playoff game uh, when Stefanski had COVID. And that's about the only thing I've ever done. Mike, I've ever seen Mike Pfeffer do well. Now I will give him this. He, he he's done. Um, he's he's lost a couple of kick returners. But as far as that game, yeah, there was a lot of things wrong with it. But guys, they never even saw that fake punt coming. That was crazy. He's fourth and one. I don't know how that. I don't know how that got by that coaching staff. Um, obviously, the onside kick was just a, a whole a, a total you know f up. And then, like I said, I can go back to last year where we had kickers missing field goals. Yeah, it's on the kicker, you know, majority of it, but he has he has a say in that too. So, you know, my issue right now is obviously with 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 Woods and with uh, Pfeffer, just because both of those guys, when Stefanski hired them, I just didn't think there was much thought into it. I feel like that was his guy, that was his boy. I mean, he coached up with him, you know, in the beginning of his career or whatever, and he was just giving him respects, but. Even the Joe Woods hire, I questioned a couple years ago, and now his defense has started to get exposed. I'll let you guys elaborate more on that. I don't want to steal anybody's, uh, you know, details on that stuff. But um, I'm I just my rant mainly today is just is obviously the coaching. I mean, you know, how do you? It, it, I, I made a joke to my wife. You know, I headed home early. I headed home two minutes early to my car. I feel like the players and the coaches left to their cars too. Because that's how I felt in the field. I mean, that's what it looked like, man. You know, it, it just, it, it's like they, they, they assumed they won. They assumed that, that it was in the bag. And there was absolutely no time management. There were, I mean, I, I guess I'll give Stefanski that part of it, you know, the time management towards the end of the game. But um, like I said, my rant will always be the same until that guy ever shows me something. And like I said, if you want to talk about fire somebody, fire a coach, Mike Pfeffer, Mike Pfeiffer, Freeford, whatever you want to call Mike it, dude. That, Mike Freeford, who cares? Get rid of him. I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I know he's like a, a local boy. I know that. He's like from Ohio. Like, whatever, dude. He just, I'm not saying it's all special teams, and that's the reason we lost. It's just that's one of the factors that I feel like every week I'm like, oh, it's special teams. It's something stupid, though. So I don't know. I'll throw it back to whoever's uh, next up. I mean, my rant is, is more from a, a fan's perspective. Like, are we cursed? Are, are the Cleveland Browns cursed? If you guys have known me for a while, you've known that this gray beard is like not that long ago was I like Mikey P where I, you know, my, my whiskers were 
nice and dark. This I would like to say that these whiskers came from my kids, but they didn't. It was the Cleveland Browns that gave me great whiskers, and now I look like a 47-year-old, 77-year-old man. <laughs> That's why, you know, how long do we have to continue to see games like this? This is crap games, you know? What should be like a, a regular Sunday isn't. Like, we can't have a normal Sunday as a Browns fan. We should have handled that game. That should have been a, 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 an easy game to win, but it wasn't. No, you know, I, Ian, I love what you said. You went to your car two minutes early, and so did the Browns. I agree with you, man. That, that clock didn't strike triple zero, but... They thought the game was over, and guess who didn't think the game was over? The New York freaking Jets and Joe Flacco. Like, of all players you have to lose to, Joe Flacco. The guy had our number in Baltimore, and now it seems he has our number as the New York Jet, you know. So that's part of my rant. The other rant is like Corey Davis. (laughs) Corey freaking Davis, you know. Flacco throws a bomb to him that just, the door was almost shut. And Corey Davis opened that damn door wide open. And you know what happened after that. We'll talk about it. But the the freaking onside kick, I mean, what was that, you know? What was that? I mean, as soon as he lined up for the onside kick, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose this game. I, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. And I just want a normal Sunday. Like, that's my rant. I want a normal Sunday where I could just sit there with my chicken wings, my oh. pizza, my beer, and just enjoy it and like a Bills fan, you know, like last night. Yeah. They were enjoying their game, man. When when's the last time we've had a game like that? Never. Tell me, uh, when's the last time? The I can't even remember. The, wild, the Pittsburgh playoff game, that was it. That was the last he, time I felt comfortable, actually. Even that game, like, it got close. Where, yeah. Like, I was starting even to get, that like, game. I, I, I just want know. a normal Sunday, man. I, and we didn't get it last week, and hopefully we'll get it Thursday night. We'll talk about it. But I just want a normal yeah. Sunday. My my rant is this. I am so tired of it, and I saw it with Hugh Jackson, and I've seen it with so many coaches in this freaking football league, the NFL league, these freaking coaches. I want to say something else, but I'm not going to. These coaches – I'm so tired of, well, this is my system, and this is my system. This is my, 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 my. Bullshit, man. You build your system around the talent that you have, the personnel that you have. You find out what those guys do well, and you freaking do it. You don't make it so it's too hard where you have multiple coverages, where guys are thinking too much on the field. You, Their best thing is putting their asses on the field and letting them play ball. That's what they've done their whole career. And we got Joe Woods who thinks he's the smartest guy in the freaking room, and he's a freaking idiot. I'm going to play um, soft cover shell against a quarterback who's – Joe Flacco's been in the league for a while. He's going to pick that apart all day. He's a veteran quarterback. If you were playing Zach Wilson – you could do that, and then you could disguise stuff, and you can confuse it again, and then he, you get him off his spots and stuff like that. But you got Joe Flacco as a statue. You're not blitzing him. You're you're trying to get home with four consistently. When it doesn't happen, though, you got to make changes. Just see, I'm just tired of these guys saying my system, our system, my system. It's not my. The reason why Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have kicked this league's ass year over year over year is they've adapted and changed so many times. And until these coaches learn how to do it, look at Ohio State. They got tired of their defense sucking after one year and said they fired their defensive coordinator, one of their most respected recruiters in the in their at their university. And they said, hit the road, you suck. As a, you're a great recruiter but you can't coach as a defensive coordinator. I don't care if friends or be not. Get rid of their asses. It's a business because at the end of the day, if he holds on to Prefer, who's special teams, I mean, I think we're 20, we have a 25% success rate at recovering onside kicks. That's horrible. Like it's like 90% is the league average. We're 25% in his three years as special teams coach. These guys can kick rocks and get their ass out of Cleveland soon enough like at the end of the year like unless these guys turn around and make some miraculous 
change and we get better, like they got to go. Man, with them numbers, maybe you should maybe the opposing team should onside kick every time. Hey, we got to show that comment 25%. some love. We got to show that comment some love. Mitch said, "Mike Poofer." <laughs> I had it up there. He should be we'll, gone. We'll do it again. I had it up there. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. All right. For those of you that's just joining us. We just had to get that off our chest. This is not a negative show. We're not negative people, but I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel a little bit better. Just a little bit. Not much. Just a little bit. Let's let's get into our raves. You know, I feel like Clark in Christmas Vacation. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> All right. Let, let's get into our raves. There was some good stuff that happened. The offense as a whole, I thought, looked fantastic. All right, the the bar was set for me. The bar was set pretty low, coming from the preseason to the regular season. What Jacoby Brissett, I just didn't see a lot from him. You know, he played part of one preseason game. The bar was low for for me for Jacoby Brissett. He has impressed me. Jacoby Brissett has definitely impressed me. Now, I know he threw a pick the last drive. I, I'm not going to count that against him. I mean, that was basically desperation time with basically four seconds on the clock or whatever it was. Um, but the offense as a whole looked great. Look, we put up 30 points as an offense. Um, Chubb is probably the best running back in the entire league. Hands down to me, Chubb is, is the best running back in the entire league. He scored three touchdowns. How many yards did he run for? I don't even have that in front of me. Um, but the guy's ridiculous. Uh, Amari Cooper. We, we had talked about the last show, you know, I wanted to see Amari Cooper have his come out, um, coming out party for the Browns. I thought he he did that right. He 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 caught for over a hundred yards or really close to it. He caught his first touchdown with the Cleveland Browns. Him and J- Jacoby Brissett are starting to gel a little bit. So so I was impressed there. Miles Garrett, you know, beside his besides his comments after the game about the fans booing, which maybe we'll get into that a little bit. I am totally impressed with Miles Garrett. I, I, Mikey P, I, you know, we text throughout the game. I told you during the game, you know, this, this team is so doggone fun to watch. They really are. And I enjoy watching the defensive line and the defense just as much as I do the offense. And Miles Garrett, he just impresses the hell out of me. So, I mean, he's, what, a half a sack away from being our all-time sack leader for the Cleveland Browns, Right. One, I think he's a half sack away, or maybe one sack. I think one it sack. is, but um, you know, there was a lot of good things on the field that happened Sunday. It's a travesty that it got squashed for the last minute and a half. I mean, that just sucks. We shouldn't be talking about a loss right now. We should be celebrating a, a win, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that's just not what happened. Mikey P. I mean, I concur. I mean, the offense, Jacoby Reset was 22 for 27, uh, very accurate with his balls. I mean, I mean, through the late interception, which I, I really don't fault him for. He's trying to make a play late to try to get us in the field goal range with one timeout left. Like that, like anyone that put any slander on Joe Jacoby Brissett is just flat out wrong. He played an amazing game, managed the game. Uh, uh, he made some plays with his feet. I mean, he had six carries for 43 yards himself to extend a couple drives. Uh, you know, Cream Hunt was solid again. Nick Chubb had a great game, what, 87 yards on the ground. Uh, Nick Chubb got involved in the screen game. Uh, Amari Cooper had a huge game. Uh, it was good to see, you know, Brissett and Cooper seemed like they had a, a good chemistry and connection. I thought the overall, like, I mean, the offense, the offense played as well as they could. There wasn't a ton of penalties on the offense. Um, I mean, we, we punted the ball only three times. I mean, when you score 30 points in an NFL game, you expect to win these days. Like you're, you should win most games that you score 30 points. Um, so, I mean, kudos to the offense. Uh, I mean, it played a great game. I mean, they responded. I mean, even though people criticized Jacoby the first game, I mean, we still put up 26 points. Like we're through, through what two weeks. I think we're the number seven, uh, we're seventh in offensive efficiency. Um, and we're 27th in defensive efficiency and 29th in special teams efficiency. Like, 
if if anyone coming to the season said those numbers would have been there, I would have had them reversed. I would have said maybe we'd struggle on offense to score points, but our defense would keep us in the game. I never thought that, you know, the, through the first two weeks, our defense would, would look as bad as they did. I and mean, they finished as a top five, top ten defense last year. Uh, so coming into the season, it's just surprising. But, I mean, kudos the offense. The offense, uh, the offense did enough to win this game for sure. Coltrane. I, you know, I, I have to say, basically, I agree with both of what, what, what both of you guys were saying. Uh, Jacoby, I thought, outperformed. He looked good. He looked great. He looked solid. He definitely bounced back from his horrible week. So I uh, give uh, Brissett a lot of credit for that. He's a veteran. He should be doing this type of stuff. He should be making these type of throws. The most thing I was impressed with was, Jason, you actually called this. I think you were one touchdown short, but it was Amari Cooper's come-out party. Um, I think a lot of us saw that coming just because at the end of the day, that Carolina Panthers defensive back, Horn or whatever his name was, he wasn't even giving him a chance. He was just basically getting beat, pushing him down, whatever he could do. To, I mean, that's clearly how Carolina plays. If you get beat, uh, toss him to the ground, you and, and we'll take the penalty. We'll take 15 yards. Um, but, you know, my rave to everybody is actually to speak out to all the fans um, right now, and that is, you know, it was Black Sunday. You know, on my ride home, my dark, gloomy day got a little bit brighter as I watched the Ravens get defeated, as I watched the Bengals get defeated, and I watched the Steelers get defeated. They all lost. Um, Bengals are at 0-2. We're all tied at 1-1. I'm not trying to be that, you know, a, you know, uh, grass is always greener, the grass is nice on on the other side or whatever, but it's not time to panic yet. Okay, I know a lot of people on Twitter, you know, fire Joe Woods, fire this guy. Hey, let's just relax right now. Let's do Aaron Rodgers relax, you know. Give me eight to ten games of Joe Woods and these guys consistently, not just two games, consistently every week in, week out, doing the same type of stuff. I'm with you guys. I'll say fire Joe Woods today. But it's we're one and one. We're still in the mix of the AFC North. One game at a time. It goes back to what we've been saying on this show two, three weeks ago, Jason, when we started this thing. One game at a time. Let's be positive, y'all. You know, yeah, it stinks. We lost to the J-E-T-S. I mean, we lost to the J-E-T-S. Let's be realistic. It sucks. I hate it. But it's light at the end of the tunnel. If we can win this game Thursday, punch it to the Steelers, um, we have a chance to, you know, to, to, in my opinion, that's the great thing about the NFL. You lose a bad game, you beat the Steelers and punch them in the mouth. All that bad stuff erases the fire of woods. All that stuff just gets eliminated in one week. So all I'm saying to y'all is let's, 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 we, we got to get back to being positive guys. We're going to be right back out there Thursday night. You know what I mean? These guys need us. We got to be supportive of these dudes. You know, I'm still a little bit gloomy myself, but. We have to keep churning, guys. We're one and one. It's a 17-game season. You know, we can't just fire Joe Woods tomorrow. Who's going to run the defense? Mike Foofer? Or like Mitch says, Mike Foofer? Foofer. Foofer. Think about that. Think about that, guys. Who would run the D that? You know what I mean? Come on. The the linebackers coach. Let's be realistic, guys. We're one and one. Take it easy. All right? That's all I'm saying. We're good. We're good. We're good. Th- those okay. kind of moves are, are made for the off season, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not for in season firing a coach. Um, I, I'm just not for that. I, I don't think this is the time to do it. You, you made your decision to roll with Joe Woods, roll with them, and you know what? After this year, if you don't like the results, then you fire him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree with it. The only time I'm ever in favor of an in season firing is if you have somebody on your defensive staff that's maybe taken a. DB coach job that has been a coordinator and was a successful coordinator. Sometimes like maybe this, the, the head coach, everyone, cause that sometimes happens, but we don't really have anybody even on our defensive staff that's ever called games before. So. I mean, be careful what you wish for guys. That's, that's what I have to say on that. Be careful what you wish for. It, it could get worse before it got better. I mean, to me, it's easier to clean up what's going on with the defense than just starting with the new coach. Right, that's, so, that's an off-season type move. Yeah, that something that big. Now, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all I'll say on that. So, before we get into our thoughts of the the game this past week, we've already said a couple thoughts, but 
my question to you guys is like, what's going on with the AFC North? You, you know, you have the Steelers. They beat the Bengals week one. They lose to the Pats. The, the Bengals, of course, lose to the Steelers and the Cowboys. I did not see that coming, guys. You know, losing to, you know, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Did not see that coming. The Ravens beat the brakes off the Jets, the team that we just lost to. And then they lose to the Dolphins in a similar, similar comeback fashion. I mean, the Dolphins were losing that game, I think, by three touchdowns. And they end up winning that game. And then us, you know, we beat the Panthers barely. We can easily be 0-2, just as easily as we could be 2-0. We, we win that game with a last-second field goal, and then an almost impossible comeback by the Jets puts us at 1-1. What's going on, fellas, with the AFC North? Mikey, I'll start with you. I mean, I think you, you, you know, historically, when you look at it, the team that typically loses in the Super Bowl really struggles that next year. I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at Cincinnati this year, the year before that, uh, look, look how San Francisco uh, struggled the year after they uh, lost in the Super Bowl. Um, look at Atlanta the year after they lost to New England in the Super Bowl. Like it's it, Carolina has never been the same since that route of, you know, since Denver routed them in that Super Bowl. I think, you know, teams get that Super Bowl loss hangover and they, they kind of believe and they, they think next year it's, it's just going to be as easy as it was getting back. And I think Cincinnati's seen that. Like some of the things that they were, were their problems last year was their offensive line are still their problems. And they actually, their offensive line looks somehow worse. And they, they, they added better players around uh, Joe, uh, Joe uh, Burrow, um, but they look a little worse. I think, um, you know, the Ravens, a weird team, like, they got up 21 points and uh, looked like they were on cruise control. Um, but they're a predominant man cover team. Like they don't play a lot of zone uh, and they were playing man in most of that fourth quarter. And then, you know, two realized, Holy shit, I got Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. What the hell am I doing? Second guessing myself. And he started letting it air out. I mean, I think the Ravens defense is, is not as good as people thought it uh, was going to be coming in. I mean, the week before that, the Ravens gave up 309 yards to Flacco. Like, even though they only got nine points, um, I mean, he still threw for 300-plus uh, yards against their secondary. So, you know, they have some questions on, the, on, on their secondary. Um, they also, you know, when Baltimore needs to be able to run the ball, they can't run the ball uh, as effectively as they've been able to in the past, other than Lamar Jackson. So, you know, I think there's some concerns. Like, Pittsburgh uh, – their defense is still pretty solid, even without Watt. Uh, but offensively, they they look like they have some challenges. So I, I think it's just a. Everybody was saying how great the AFC North was. I mean, look at last year. I mean, the team that won the division. What at what ten and ten and seven? They went ten and seven and won the division. I mean, I think maybe we have said this division is a lot better than what it actually is, and maybe it's not as good as we we think it is. Ian. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying at one and one. Um, I do think this will be an end of the year type of division. Um, I think what you guys are all saying is correct. Every team kind of has their obviously now our theme is the defense, you know, the the, the Houdini defense where it's it's in and out. Um, I think we made two stops this last Sunday. So every team kind of has their 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 issues or, or what's working and what's not working. Um, I'll just go down the road real quick. I would say Cincinnati, um, when they picked up those O-linemen and those free agents, that's the problem when you pick up free agent O-linemen. It's not always a quick fix. Um, a, lot, a lot of what Mikey was saying is it doesn't always gel. You know, it's a new co- Maybe it's a different coach for them, and that's what it looks like there. It might take them a few weeks to get acclimated. Right now, Burrow is just on, on his back. Um, Steelers, Mr. Bisky, we knew what he was going to be. Got news for Steelers fans, too. Kenny Pickett in any better. Uh, he brocked it out at preseason, you know, what they do. Uh, where's that Pickens dude been? Another preseason champ from the Steelers fans. Oh, Pickens, he's the best receiver. He ain't done nothing yet. Um, you know, so to me, Steelers is just the name that's left. In my opinion of the North, the Ravens are the team to worry about, only because it's Lamar. Um, you always have that factor. I mean, I watched it myself to where I was at an away game last year where I was watching Baker Mayfield play him. But even in a game where it was 50-50, could have gone any way you wanted it to, 
And then Lamar just still, if he gets that opportunity, gets that chance to score, he will. So I think Ravens are the main uh, team to look out for as far as competition for us in the North. But that's another reason why I'm saying guys were one and one. Um, maybe it is back to what Mikey's saying. Maybe, maybe the North is just not that good or the schedule that we all have this year is particularly, you know, pretty tough. Let's be realistic. After these four games, guys, you all know, we start going down the, you know, down the deep end and really, you know, getting our, having to get our breaststroke on as far as competing with these teams. I think that's why a lot of people are negative right now, but uh, with the way Jacoby played and the offense was running, you know, I feel good. I feel confident. Um, I still think we have a great shot to win the North. Um, I also, uh, I'll just end with this. I think the Bengals were, you know, the team that I thought they were last year, even I, even when they got to the Super Bowl, I was still doubting them because five or six games was won by that McPherson, their kicker, their rookie kicker. So that means five or six of those games could have went 50-50, could have went the other way. Whereas the Browns always have that, that repetition of it's always goes the negative way and we end up losing the game. It went in Bengals' favor. This year, it looks like it's completely different for, for Burrow. And for that team, they look it look they look discombobulated. The coach looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, it's it's a complete. I don't know if you'll watch the, any of their games. It's a completely different Bengals game than what we saw last year. So, like I said, I think it'll be uh, Browns and Ravens. Sorry, Bengals fans and, and Steelers, but um, we'll see how it all shakes out in the end, folks. Yeah, um, the the AFC North. I think you know my my attitude towards our division and i know i realize this we're, we're in a bubble right we're in a bubble of the afc north we always going to think we're better than we actually are but usually we are usually the afc north very competitive i didn't see this coming where everybody would be one and one except for the Bengals being an zero and two start i i didn't see that coming especially with the games that they've played you know the Bengals losing to to the Steelers and then turning around and losing to the Cowboys. Um, just didn't see that coming. So we'll see if the AFC North turns it around. We, we are going to have our prediction times at the end of this episode, and we predict all the games in the AFC North, so we'll see what we predict then. As it, as it relates to this game, the Jets game, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. We have to get into the Steelers game and then our prediction times. The, the common theme that I heard from players after the game was communication. Communication was off. Uh, players weren't on the same page. The, 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 the coverage that we were supposed to be in on defense wasn't communicated properly. My, my thought is, like, in Mikey P, we were talking before the show, you know, the green dot on the helmet, that's, that's the player on the field that's supposed to communicate it's kind of like the quarterback of the defense. Who's our green dot player? We have two. So John Johnson's one of them, and Anthony Walker's the other. John Johnson and Anthony Walker is the other. Is that normal to have two green dot players? Like, in, in no matter what happens, we have to fix the communication. Like, if your communication's off, and all the players don't know what they're supposed to be doing. You're not going to be able to execute. Like, that's the first thing that we have to do is fix the communication. So, in your opinion, guys, what, what do we have to do to to fix that? I mean, it's not normal because normally the mic is going to be your communicator. Your middle linebacker is, is getting mm-hmm. into the communications. Um, the difference with us is at times Anthony Walker comes out of the game in favor of Jacob Phillips. Um and then at that point, John Johnson becomes the green dot. So, I mean, it could be part of that. Uh, it's hard to tell when there's miscommunications, but there was definitely some breakdowns, obviously, in coverage on Sunday. And that's something they got to work on and fix because you can't keep having that problem or anybody. I mean, if, if you're going to have blown coverages, I mean, me and you and, and Ian could stand back there and, and play quarterback and, and fight. Like, we could have we could have hit Corey Davis. <laughs> he was that open, like. The coverage was that blown, so it, it's just something they got to work on and fix. And I, I would like to see him. Uh, I don't think Jacob Phillips has played that well. I mean, from time to time, he's shown me some glimpses, but I mean, Anthony Walker right now is the best player, and he deserves to be on the field uh, the majority of the time. Yeah, we we got to get that right. Like Corey, I've mentioned this in my rant. Like Corey, when Corey Davis caught that touchdown bomb with like a minute and a half left. 
I, 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 I stared at my TV and I just could not believe what I saw. I couldn't believe it. Like Corey Davis, <laughs> you, you just can't let that happen. I mean, I know big plays happen in games. I get that. But this is two weeks in a row. Like it's not a one-time thing that we saw this. This happened last week mm-hmm. and it happened again this week. And it was the worst time for that to happen when it did because it let the Jets right back in the game. And after Corey Davis caught that touchdown pass, I said, I, I didn't think we were going to lose at that point, but I said, oh my gosh, I, I was about ready to make my second bowl of chili. And I, I just forgot about that. So <laughs> maybe I better pay attention to this game because it just got interesting. But when they lined up for that onside kick and the way that he teed it up on that tee, I I knew we were we were not going to get that onside kick. I'm like, oh, and then when he kicks it, like not to the right, but he kind of changed directions and kicked it to the left. I knew it was over. And then, gosh, when they got the onside kick, then I knew it was over. Like, it's just so frustrating, man. And and that all started. I mean, you, you yes, you can point at special teams. You know, the the fourth and two, they they convert, uh, they faked the punt and got the first down conversion on fourth and two you can point a finger at that you can point the finger at Kareem Hunt running out of bounds you can look at Nick Chubb why did he score but really the main thing for me was that touchdown to to Corey Davis from Joe Flacco like that should never happen in that in that part of the game like I can see it happening in the first quarter quarter or something like that you blow coverage but the last minute and a half of a game when you, you know what they're trying to do, like they're, they're down 13 points. Like, you know what they're trying to do and you still can't stop them from doing it. That just made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. But at this point now we just got to move on and, and be ready for Thursday. <laughs> Cause Thursday, Thursday now is a absolute must win game. Like this is almost, it's a playoff game. It feels like a playoff game almost Thursday night. Yeah, and I think if we if you've seen our defense, if you saw our defense last year, and that's why I'm saying like don't fire Joe Woods. The one thing about Joe Woods, if you know his history, he usually does come back firing on all cylinders. I guarantee the defense will be doing everything that they can do Thursday to whoop that butt. But what scares me being a Browns fan is, and I even told my wife this Sunday, I go, watch, the defense will play well and the offense is gonna sputter out like as if we don't know what we're doing again. So that's been my main issue with this team is like all three components, special teams, D and offense have to be, you know, working condescending or together, man. They have to all work, you know, together to make this thing work. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it, the, the key word is it's fixable. Um, you know, I don't need to get in the defensive schematics of it, but at the end of the day, you're talking about blown coverages. They're going to watch the tape. They're going to fix this. It's fixable mistakes, fixable communication, and we we should definitely see improvement this Thursday, especially against the division rival who these guys hate as well. Um, ever since you know uh, what's his what's his uh, goofball face at Browns is the Browns. I don't even want to say his name, but you know he got the team fired up, so I know they'll be ready for this matchup. But. Uh, it's fixable, guys. The main the main thing is the defense is fixable. And like I said, if I know Joe Woods, he, he doesn't want to lose his job. He doesn't want to look like the village idiot either. He wants it to kind of be a, a situation where you almost have to fire Stefanski versus one of the coordinators. So in my opinion, Joe Woods will be, you know, basically playing or coaching with his hat on fire uh, Thursday night. All right, before we get into the Steelers preview, we have another partner with Network 216 and the Yard Dogs podcast. It is fantasy football season. Mikey P is going to tell us all about it. Yeah, just don't forget, we are also a proud partner with uh, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. If you're like most people and love to play daily fantasy and also love to win cash, who doesn't? Uh, Underdog Fantasy is definitely for you. Best Ball Mania costs $25 enter. Last all season long, uh, Underdog is going to match your initial deposit up to $100 using promo code 216. So if you deposit $50, you instantly have $100 to play in Underdog Fantasy. Just remember, use the promo code 216 and draft your best ball mania three team today. Good stuff, Mikey. P.I. actually created an account before week one and won $55. 
for for week one. Now I lost it back last <laughs> week, but that was the least of my worries, you know. But I'm I'm back to even, and week three I'm going to destroy it. Like that's that's where this is where I'm going to come out swinging. You're calling three. it now. I'm calling my shot, man. Calling my shot. So yeah, check out Underdog Fantasy. It's so easy. You know, to, to plug in your players. The drafts are, are awesome. I, I love it. It's a very easy app to use and use that promo code 216 and they will match your initial deposit. So I deposited 100 bucks, and guess what? That became $200 to play fantasy football. So, yeah, check out Underdog Fantasy. Download that app today. Um, let's get into this uh, Brown Steelers preview. For the next five minutes, and then we're going to get into our prediction time. Mikey P, I believe you said this. You said this is a must win. Coltrane, do you agree with Mikey P? Is this a must win for the Cleveland Browns? It's a must win for the division, yes. You have to win your division games with Watson. Um, if this was like the New York Jets or whatever, a different, like outside of conference, I would disagree with Mikey, but it is a division game and you have to win your division games. As you know, also it's tiebreakers as far as record wise. So yes, very much so must win. You have to beat the Steelers because remember, and that's what's the cool thing about Watson's suspension. Uh, he gets one, one at each team. I do love that aspect of it. Those six games, he comes back, he gets one shot at each team to beat them. And I think we got a great shot with Watson at QB. So, yeah, especially with Jacoby Brissett, you most definitely have to win these division games. For sure. That's a good point. Good point. This is a divisional game. So, if, if it was reversed, so, like, if we were playing the Falcons this week and Steelers next week, you would maybe say, oh, I mean, it would be nice to win, but it's not a must win. But because yeah, no, it's I wouldn't the Pittsburgh say, Steelers. Yeah, I wouldn't say must win, no. Just because, you know, then you're maybe one and two. What if you beat the Steelers and you're two and two? You know, I mean, it's like I said, it's a one game at a time thing. But the fact that it's the Steelers too, and we hate the Steelers. I mean, yeah, I guess and you're at home. Yeah, MRI. you're at home, dude. Yeah, you're awesome. at home. You yeah. got to win your home division games for sure. And, and you think mm-hmm. we're mad now? Wait, you know, I, I don't even want to say it. Okay, you know, we just better win. We better win Thursday night, baby. Okay, so I got to say, you know, and 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 people travel for this game. Like I have a friend of mine that I coach soccer with. He's leaving tomorrow from Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, really, to travel, like drive a long way to go see a Browns game. So this is not just like you know we're walking across the street to the stadium to check out a game. Like people travel. Ian Coltrane, you travel. This is like an all day event to go see a Browns game. So yeah, this is freaking important. So it's not just another game. No, it's, it's not. AFC North. All right, let's let's uh, let's look at the Steelers. Who are uh, two or three players on the offensive side of the ball. We, we all know that the, the focus of the week for the Browns is to tighten up that defense, to make sure the communication's right, to not give up the, the big plays that, that we have given up for the first two weeks, you know, first to the Carolina Panthers and then last week to the Jets. We gave up big plays. You know, I think for the most part, our defense played Pretty solid, especially in the run game, but on the big plays, that, that's where we really need to tighten up. That that That's going to kill you. Who are some players on the, the Steelers that we need to really watch out for on Thursday night? Mikey P, I'll start with you. Uh, well, you're definitely going to want to key in on stopping Najee Harris because uh, mm-hmm. they're going to try to establish the run early, uh, and, and the run tends to open up the passing game. At least for them, they tend to try to use the run game to open up their passing game. Uh, with Trubisky, where vice versa, when they had been, they would they would they would use their passing game to kind of open up the the running lanes. So uh, you definitely want to key on him. And the other guy, he always seems to uh, tear us up for some reason. Is that Deontay Johnson? Like uh, you got to make sure you key on him and don't let him have a have a big day. So those those two are the key on offense to stopping uh, this Thursday night for me. Yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson has combined for over 2,000 yards and receiving over the past two seasons. Like, he is a legit target. And you're right, Mikey P. He's, he's, uh, he's smoked us before. 
in Steelers game. Now, Najee Harris, that's a, it's a different guy, right? I mean, weeks one and two, he, you know, he, he hasn't done very well. I, I think he rushed for 23 yards in week one and just 49 yards last week. So we don't want this to be his coming out party for the 2022 uh, football season. We have to contain Najee Harris and not just let him, you know, take control of this football game. So that's two two players that I agree with you, Mike P, that we really have to watch out for. Coltrane, who are a couple of players that we have to watch out for Thursday night? I would have said those two players. I'll also throw in uh, the idiot on that team, Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool. Um, it always seems like he, I think he stinks as a player, statistic-wise, too. I'd never even draft him in fantasy. But he's one of them players. He, always, he almost like was a juju. He always seems to do well when he's playing Cleveland, and he's always running his mouth and getting first down. So I just – that's one dude I just – I hope they hit him in the mouth. I just – I'm sick <laughs> of him. I, I'm sick of his, you know, attitude, sick of his videos, you know, all that stuff from the playoff game when he was all butthurt that they lost. Um, it just goes all the way back to that. So I would key in on him. The one thing – one more thing I'll say about the matchup is – uh, at first, I was on cloud nine. It's like, oh, T.J. Watt, they're they're missing T.J. Watt. We got Clowney and Garrett. Now it looks like maybe we're – I know we're out Clowney, but we might be out Miles Garrett. I mean, guys, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't know if I'm worried about the Steelers as much as I am about our health-wise for our team. I mean, I don't think – I highly doubt Miles misses this game. Um, but even with Miles there, what stinks about it is I feel like the T.J. Watt with Clowney cancels itself out. Um, we had an advantage with that at first, and now it seems like our defense, especially the way Joe Woods has been coaching, um, I don't know if that's per se a positive for our our our, our part of the uh, the game. But like I said, we shall see, man. Um, we just have to hold strong, man. We have to hold strong. We have to hold down the fort, dude. We already lost horribly at home in front of the home crowd. Please, Brownies, just just pick us back up, man. Make us want to come back here and, and, and you know, in a, in a couple weeks, um, I guess a charge or whatever the next game is at home and, and, and be in a good mood, man, please. There's a couple guys that I don't want to see and I'm scared we're going to see have a good game. So we, we talk about on this podcast with um, Jacoby Brissett, you know, you talked about this last week about how do you get hit, him not last week is week four last the first game of the year how, how do you get Jacoby Brissett rolling and we all agreed that it's high percentage passes like help him get into a rhythm so mm-hmm. when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, Mitch Trubisky he he hasn't had a, a, a good year to start out so I would have to think that if you're the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers you're going to want to run the ball and also give him some high percentage throws as it relates to Mitch Trubisky. On that Steelers offense, who if if you're the Steelers offense coordinator, like who would you target to give him high percentage throws? I'm I'm asking you guys a question. It would be Najee Harris, and it would also be their big tight end. Fryer move. Yes. That's the guy that I do not want to see go off on the Cleveland Browns Thursday night. Um, we have to protect the middle, the middle of the field. We have to protect the edges. I mean, he's going to be dumping off passes to Najee Harris, trying to get into a rhythm. Friermuth, however, is that how you pronounce his name? Friermuth? Friermuth, yeah. You know, it used to be Jesse James that would have big games against the Cleveland Browns. But but this guy, let me tell you, Steelers fans are really excited about their big tight end. And I don't want to see him going off on Thursday night. And then there's also another guy, a guy that they just drafted, their wide receiver, George Pickens. Is that his name? George Pickens. They, they haven't targeted him but uh, just a couple times. But uh, I don't want to see him have his – coming out party into the NFL Thursday night against the Browns either. I, I would watch out for that guy as well. So, um, yeah, Najee Harris, uh, last week he had 23 yards. Uh, the week when he had 23 yards, last week he had 49 yards. Trubisky, you know, he's been sacked four times this year, you know, um, combined, he's 42 of 71. He's 59% completion percentage. Which is low. He, he's not hot. Like, they, they've, 
uh, they've scored what two offensive touchdowns in eight quarters in in the first two weeks. Like yeah. we're not talking about a, a high powered offense here. No, they've struggled. They they've they've definitely struggled. So we need to keep that struggle going, guys. I think that you know our game plan, the Cleveland Browns, has to be a lot like it was last week. The running game has to be strong. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, you know, get that running game going, get that, get the chains moving, eat up clock. Um, Jacoby Brissett, he, he's had a couple of solid games. I would like to see that continue, obviously for week three. Um, don't make the mistakes. We don't have to worry about TJ Watt. You know, the last time we played TJ Watt and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had nine sacks. Good gosh, I think T.J. Watt had four of those sacks. So we can't let that kind of crap happen, you know, on Thursday night. We have to protect our quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, but he's got to make quick decisions. You know, get that ball out quick, which he's done a great job so far. Um, but in my opinion, that's what we have to do to, to beat this team. You know, put him out early. Like, I think the longer this game goes on, you know, in quarters one, two, three, you let them hang around, and now, now all of a sudden, you know, you got a dogfight, and we're going to probably have a dogfight anyways. I mean, we've been throwing out a lot of stats, but really, do stats even matter when it's the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do do stats really not usually, matter? Not normally. No, no, it doesn't. Not really. So, we are about out of time. Um, predictions. Let's get into our. We got to get into this, and we're going to end it. Um, prediction time, our year long bet comments, uh, audience, pick a comment or not pick a comment, write a comment for what the punishment should be for the last place loser of this year. Like think of a really bad punishment that should happen to the last place. The winner's going to get a trophy for the mantle, a yard dogs podcast trophy. And these are going off predictions. The last place loser is going to do the one chip challenge or the worst comment on this show that we see. And we're going to add them all up. We have, oh, wear a Steelers jersey on the stream. That's a bad one. Super Surge MC, I like it. Um, keep those comments rolling in. Like, what's a bad punishment? Let's get into this week predictions. Uh, the standing so far, Mikey P has three points. Coltrane in the lead with four points. And myself with three points for the year. So it's a really tight race. A lot of games to go. But let's get into this week. Ravens at Patriots. Ravens are favoring this game minus three. So Patriots are the dogs. Coltrane, what's your prediction for this game? I'm going to go Pats. Uh, Let's do 24. Ravens, 16. 24-16. So Patriots are going to win according to Coltrane. Mikey P., what is your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go... New England, 27 to 20. Okay. Remember a second ago how I said I was down a point? Well, I'm tied with Mikey P, but I'm down Coltrane. I'm going to get that point back here because I think the Ravens are going to bounce back. I mean, they have a bad taste in their mouth too. We have a bad taste. The Ravens have a bad taste because they, they let the Dolphins come back and steal that win that they shouldn't have had. But this week, the Ravens bounce back. I have them winning that game 27 to 23. Still a close one, but the Pats, would they be 0 3 at that point if the Ravens win this game? No, the Pats I think are so. 1 1. Pats are 1 1, so they'd be 1 2. That's right. Okay. So I have the Ravens. You guys have the Patriots. Bengals at Jets. Bengals are minus 5 in this game. So the Jets are the dog. We all hate the Jets right now, right? We don't like Joe Flacco. We don't like the Jets. But we got to take our fan hat off because there's big stakes here, boys. Um, I have myself starting this pick. I have the the Bengals winning this game, thirty-three to seventeen. Bengals over the Jets. Bengals are going to bounce back after last week, thirty-three to seventeen. Next pick, uh, Coltrane. Let's go to you. Bengals get their first one of the year. Bengals twenty-eight, Jets seventeen. Jets are who we thought they were. Stinky. They are who they thought they were. We let them off the hook. There's only one other team that Joe Flacco plays better against than the Cleveland Browns, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going Jets 28, Bengals 27. Oh, 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 Bengals are oh, 0-3. Oh, 
Oh, and three. Wow. All right. Wow. And we are behind time. Let's get into our game predictions. Sorry, uh, Barking Browns. We're almost done. Um, Mikey P, what's your prediction for this game? Brown Steelers. Uh, I never feel good about any time we play the Steelers, and I don't feel good about this Thursday either. I'm going to go Steelers 19, Browns 17. Steelers 19, Browns 17. Coltrane. I'm going Browns 21, Steelers 17. 21-17. And I'm also picking the Browns 24-17. Let's go. Browns are going to get back on track, and we're going to try to remove this bad taste in our mouth that just happened a couple days ago. And we're 48 hours away, gentlemen. First Energy Stadium is going to be rocking. The defense is going to get back on track. The offense is still going to gel. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to do their jobs. Amari Cooper is going to continue. It's okay. It's okay. The sky is not falling. It's okay. Let's close out the show, show guys. Uh, Barking Browns is coming up next. I want to thank all you guys for tuning in to the Yard Dogs podcast. Ian Coltrane, Mikey P, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Let's go ahead and end this show with the Go Browns on the count of. Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Browns! Go Browns.